podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is a proud member of the Fan Hub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with Fan Hub to put fans first. Search Fan Hub app to play your part in the journey. You're listening to Voices of the Vic podcast with Ben Ayton and James Batchelor. Hello and welcome to the Voices of Vic podcast with me, Ben Ayton, and my co-host, James Batchelor. We are here to discuss another Watford victory. It's Watford's second this victory in 17 games. Uh, it's three points on the board. Um, if I'm totally honest, I was not expecting that at all, especially after the abysmal performance that Molly knew midweek for 4-0 defeat Thursday night. Um, 3-0 down after 20 minutes, I thought... Southampton is going to be a tough place to go to at the weekend and I was not looking forward to it one bit. Um, but before we get into the game, I'll go over to James. James, how are you doing, mate? You all good? Yeah, I'm all good. Lovely sunny weather today. Nearly finished my um, my Troy Deeney autobiography. It's taken me uh, a couple of weeks because, let's just say, I'm a very slow reader. But, but yeah, I enjoyed reading that today. And obviously, Ben, um, you know, it's Monday. You know, Mondays are usually, you know, the, the most depressing day of the week. But... Obviously, Watford getting a fantastic win at the weekend. Cucho Hernandez with the two goals. So, so yeah, I woke up today feeling you know very happy, very positive, and and actually, I think it's good that we won because we've got such a long break in in between games now. I think it's you know two and a half, three weeks, isn't it? And you know we, we don't want to be going into that break you know on on the back of of a heavy defeat, if you will. So yeah, really happy with the result, and and yeah, the the weather's looking good as well. Spring spring is on its way. I love the spring, mate, as well. All the daffodils are out now. Um, blue skies, the, the trees are growing their leaves again. Um, it, it's just a good time of year, isn't it? It's starting to get a bit lighter in the evenings and in the mornings. So, you know, your day's getting a bit extended because you don't really want to do anything when it's about five o'clock and it's dark, do you? So at least when it's getting, it's it's the, the light is getting better each day. So you can actually do more, um, which is really good. But yeah, like you say, we're here to discuss three points of what a massive victory um, at Southampton. I know the scoreline was only 2-1, um, but performance-wise, James, that was that was really well executed for a game plan, really, wasn't it? It was just a really good, solid performance. Yeah, it was. And I think the first half, especially, you know, I was really impressed with it. I thought Watford, you know, finally, you know, ever since, you know, Ranieri got sacked, we've kind of lacked, um, you know, the, the high press in our team. And actually, I thought we pressed Southampton really well especially in that first half and actually that the press um and and the work rate from from the Watford players actually led to you know Kicho Hernandez's first goal which obviously we'll, we'll discuss in, in in a little bit but but yeah you know overall you know the game management by Roy Hodgson was fantastic you know I did question his starting lineup um you know when it came out yes Tom Cleverley was dropped which which I was happy about Kucha come in, which yeah, I was not so happy about. Well, obviously, Kucha, um, you know, had a, had a fantastic game as well. So overall, um, I'm delighted. It was unexpected because obviously coming off the back of that Wolves performance, I, I thought that was, you know, again, one of the worst we've seen this season. But yeah, an unexpected win down on the South Coast in the sunshine. Uh, there's not really much more you can ask for, to be honest. I'm just, I'm, I'm just a happy guy, you know, I'm feeling happy. Um, and actually, it's given me, I think it's given everyone, you know, a renewed sense of optimism because, Apart from Leeds winning, the results have gone our way as well. You know, Watford level and points with Everton, Ben. So, you know, I don't know about you, but I'm suddenly feeling, you know, a lot more confident about, you know, surviving in, in the Premier League this season. It's the hope that kills you, isn't it, really? <laughs> Watford, um, you think they're dead and buried. You think relegation is looming. Um, then Watford managed to pick up three points after a 4-0 defeat at Wolves. Uh, came out of nowhere, really, um, the performance. But it was a fantastic reaction by Roy Hodgson and for the boys on the pitch. Um, just quickly, but going into the game, James, there was a lot of talk. I think one of the um, newspapers actually released an article saying that Roy Hodgson, he was on his way out if he if he lost at Southampton. I think it was in the Daily Mail. Um, so he, he, he needed a result himself, really, didn't he, James? 
Yeah, he did. And, you know, I don't know how much, you know, we can read into that article. I think it was just more than putting two and two together, you know, the nature of, of how Watford operate and, you know, sacking managers after poor results. But but to be fair, I think the Daily Mail do have, in you know, a lot of sources at Watford and they seem to get quite a lot of stories right as well. So, you know, maybe, you know, maybe it was true and maybe, you know, the, the players... Um, you know, the players clearly are, are fighting for Roy Hodgson because otherwise we wouldn't have won the game in, in the manner we did. So, so yeah, you know, it was obviously concerning reading that going into the game, but I, I just think the performance really was was fantastic. And, and actually, for me, um, you know, after the game, Roy Hodgson's comments on, on the fans and how good they were, <laughs> you know, he's starting to he's starting to get that relationship going with the fans as well a little bit. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just everything, you know, just <laughs> we've gone from one extreme to the other. We're really depressed really angry, yeah. Roy Hodgson go, etc, etc. And now suddenly we're staying up. Everything's fantastic. Kuche got two goals. Lovely jubbly. So, so yeah, I'm just, I'm just happy. And, you know, I think that story, as I said, it's just, I think it's just one of those things where they're, they're just assuming we'll do something because, because we have done previously. So I don't think we can read too much into that really. Yeah. I think it's a case of just looking at what this history more than maybe knowing what's actually going to happen with, the situation with Roy Hodgson. Obviously, we go through managers like No Tomorrow, and when there's a bad run of form, it's, it's sooner or later the manager's going to get the sack, isn't he? Really. Um, so I think, but like you say, they've got good sources. They actually um, announced about the Claudio Ranieri. He was on a um, a small time frame left to keep his job about two weeks before he actually lost his job and he they reported that before the Watford Observer and Adam Leventhal so um, they do have sources in high places so possibly um, they they heard inklings that maybe Roy Hodgson was going to go um, but he clearly does have a respect to the players James from what I've seen in our, especially our away performances uh, he does get them quite drilled and he does have the respect of the players and I, I don't know if that's because he's an experienced coach, but he just seems to get the players working for him, especially away from home. It's just how we turn that into home form now, isn't it, James? Well, yeah, I mean, I was watching, you know, Ben Foster's podcast and I obviously watched some of Ben Foster's vlogs as well. And, you know, he obviously talks about, you know, his time at England under Roy Hodgson, cleverly mentioned it as well. And I think the English players probably especially have, have a good relationship with Roy, but, even reading some of the comments by by some of the foreign lads, Kucho, Dennis, you know, reading their comments, you know, that, that the club have posted on the website. They do respect Roy and, you know, they say his training sessions are great. You know, they're constantly drilling things into them. Um, and actually, you know, he's, he's been here for eight or nine games now. And, and maybe, you know, it's taken that long, you know, for, for his philosophy to come through. I'm probably jumping the gun a bit there because we could absolutely get thrashed by by Liverpool. And, you know, we could, we could be sitting here very sad and, and depressed again. Um but there's, that was definitely the best overall performance I've seen under Roy Hodgson. Um, and you mentioned the home form there. I think the, in terms of away form, I think we're, we're 15th or 14th in the Premier League, which is yeah. which is really, really good. But but really, our home form has hindered us this season. I mean, Gary Iron in, in chat says our home games are so vital now. And in April, especially, we've got, I think we've got Leeds, we've got Burnley, we've got Everton at home. So if we can keep up this away form, and I know it's a, I know it's a long shot, but if we can then win them home games, you know, we we would then be safe in the Premier League, and that 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 is it really. Once some home games have, have been played, and and we kind of know where we stand, then I do think unfortunately we'll, we will know what division we're in. But hopefully, um, you know, we can get positive results because Everton looked dreadful. Um, yes, Leeds picked mm. up the win against Norwich, but I'd expect them to do that. You know, Leeds still concede lots and lots of goals. Um, and um, and yeah, Burnley, you know, Burnley are Burnley. They're, they've struggled this season. So I think them three home games in April, um, especially, are, are, are key to Watford's season and ultimately key to our survival hopes as well. I know it hasn't been pretty lately under Roy Hodgson and that's why fans are starting to turn against him, especially after his comments he's came out saying about the fans as well. But he, like you say, he is getting it right away from home. Um, he's played six games, Watford one, two, drawn to and lost to. So we've picked up eight points in six games and it's just trying to get that into the home form now. And like you say, James, we've, we've got four really big home games coming up soon. Um, we've obviously got Leeds United at home. We've got Burnley at home. We've got Brentford at home uh, what's, and Everton at home. So four teams all in the lower half of the table, teams that are going to be in the relegation zone or just finish above that dotted line in the table as well. So, that's what we've just got to 
we've just got to try and find that balance now where we can tr- um, get that results in the home form. But like you say, it's given us hope now, this performance away at Southampton. And I think after the South, uh, Wolves game, especially Thursday night, we were all dead and buried. And I think we was all just accepting relegation and we just wanted it to be confirmed and just think, I'm just done with this season. But Roy and the boys have produced the goods at um, St Mary's and they've given us hope now. We're level on points with Everton. Um, like you say, Everton have been absolutely dreadful lately. Yes, they've got games in hand, but they've got to win those games in hand. And their, their fixtures that are coming up for the rest of the season, they don't look good. And I, I saw a footage of um, Goodson Park after the final whistle yesterday. And it's very toxic there. Yeah. And it, it, it's not... Well, when they're doing all right, it's a toxic place. But when they're not doing well, it, it, it's even worse. And I just want to jump in on that point about, about the atmosphere at, at home grounds, especially because, again, going into our run of games in April, you know, you see the atmosphere at Goodison Park. You know, they're in a relegation battle. The fans not might, might not think it. The players might not think it. But, you know, Everton, the massive club that they are, they are in a relegation battle. And when you are struggling like they are, you do need the the backing of your home supporters. You know, you must you must have seen the scenes at, at Ellen Road when when Leeds, um, you know, got that late goal. It, it was absolutely incredible. You know, their fans were their fans were buzzing, and you know, if we can, you know, change the, the atmosphere at Vicarage Road to to be a lot better than it is now for them games coming up in April, um, you know, the fans can almost I know it's a cliche saying, but but the fans can almost act as as the twelfth man and. Um, yeah, I think I think that has been an issue, and I think you know the actual atmosphere at Vicarage Road has probably contributed to to some of the results. Yes, obviously the onus is on the players, the manager, and the club as a whole, but it does make it a tiny, tiny bit easier for the players if 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 the if the um if the fans you know have their backing. So I think I think hopefully the atmosphere at Vicarage Road will, will improve in April, but. But yeah, you know, I think you know the Everton atmosphere was was dreadful. I think I think I saw the video you're talking about, Ben. That that was taken in the stands, and some of the language the Everton fans were using was uh, was very questionable to to say the least. Um, and actually, thinking about the Everton game, Decore, Richarlison coming back to Vicarage Road, it's I think that's going to be a really good game to watch. Actually, and you know, n- neither team is going to want to lose, really, are they? No, um, and, and I think there's a bit of a rivalry between Watford and Everton. Um, between the fans anyway, especially after um, the whole Marco Silva situation and Richardson leaving the club, Decore, obviously Decore went with our blessing really. He was a fantastic servant for the club and he didn't really kick up a fuss. He, he stayed another year to play for us and we, we let him go at the end of the season when we did get relegated and he went with our blessing. But there's a bit of an edge about Richarlison, isn't there? Whenever he comes back and whenever we play against Everton at Goodison, what for fans are on Richarlison's back and he rolls around on the floor about a hundred times every every half an hour. Um, but yeah, there's there's a bit of a rivalry between the fans and I think it, it all came from Everton fans when they came in for Richarlison, wasn't it? And it was like, oh, we'll just, we'll just buy your best players. We'll buy who we want. We're Everton Football Club. We'll buy who we want. And it's just like... You came into Little Old Watford and took Richarlison and that, but we've replaced these players and like we we brought in Delafayu and I know, I know I'd rather Delafayu in my team over Richarlison um, all day long. Um, but yeah, we've massively gone off topic there. Normally we go straight into like the team news and then talk about the game, but maybe we've just spoken about what we'd normally do at the end of the show. So we've we've, we've done it a bit back to front today. Um, but yes, Southampton one, Watford two. There was three changes to Watford team. Um, in came Gel Pedro, Kushka and Christian Cabaselli. Out went Tom Cleverley, Joshua King and Craig Cathcart. So the starting lineup for Watford was Ben Foster in goal, Kiko Family at right back, Christian Cabaselli, Samir and Kamara makes up the back four. The midfield three was Musa Sissoka, Imran Loser, Kushka and the front three was... Um, Hernandez, Gel Pedro, and Emmanuel Dennis. Um, after the performance away at Wolves, James, was you expecting quite a lot of changes? Because if I'm honest, that performance was really woeful, and a lot of players after that um, performance could have lost their place. And I know Roy Hodgson has said that he, he's changed the games because how quickly the games 
have came round, but do you think he's taken players out due to performance levels, but he's not admitting it? Uh, yeah, I, I do agree with you, actually. And actually, you know, after the Wolves game, arguably, you know, you could have changed the uh, the whole starting eleven. It was it was that bad against Wolves. And, you know, Joshua King coming out, Tom Cleverley coming out, you know, I do think, you know, they're, they're good professionals. They, they work hard when, when they do play for Watford, but I do think they need, they both need some time out of the side. Um, Cavacelle coming in for Cathcart as well. I, th- I think that's probably more of, more of a fitness thing than anything. Maybe, you know, Roy Hodgson, you know, Cathcart playing quite a lot of games and, and Cavacelle coming in to replace him. But, you know, on Joshua King and Tom Cleverley, yes, I, I do think they were essentially dropped by Roy Hodgson. Obviously, he's not going to ex- explicitly say that in the media. Um, but, you know, looking at their performances over the past few weeks, I, I do think a change was needed in them positions. And, and ultimately, the, the changes proved to proved to be right because Watford ended up, you know, getting a really, you know, I'd say relatively comfortable win. Yes, Southampton had, you know, several chances. Um, we rode our luck at times as well, which which I think every team does in, in the Premier League. And I, I thought it was one of the most comfortable wins this season. Even, you know, looking back at the Man United games, the Everton games, um, I actually think this performance was probably better than them. Um, so, yeah, very happy. And, you know, arguably, you know, at the time, I wasn't necessarily happy with the changes Roy made. I, I would have much preferred Kayembe in there. Um, but, yeah, you know, Roy Hodgson got it absolutely spot on against Southampton. So, so no complaints from James this week. <laughs> that makes a bloody change, mate. Um, but yeah, like you say, it, it, it was a comfortable what for victory. I know it was only we only won by one goal, but looking back on the games, Southampton didn't have many opportunities to actually score. I know they in the second half they had a James Paul Prowse free kick, which was just dipping a bit too late to go in, wasn't it? It just ended on top of the, the netting, and then you obviously had the Che Adams um, header that was fantastic save from Ben Foster. And then in the first half, there was a couple of chances and they managed to score at the, the far post in added on time in the first half. But apart from that, they didn't really trouble Watford. Watford kind of dealt with them really well. And that, and that's where I probably see where you're coming from with saying how comfortable it was. It wasn't like we was under pressure the whole entire game. We we had spells where we controlled possession and we actually had um, Southampton on the back foot and we looked really dangerous going forward. That front three was causing Southampton a lot of problems, weren't they, James? Yeah, they were. And Ben Foster said in his post-match interview, you know, it should have been three or four goals at half-time in Watford's favour. And, and actually, it should have been. I think, you know, before we come on air, Ben, you mentioned his Al Pedro chance. You know, he, he found himself in a bit of space in the box and now, unfortunately, it, it didn't go in the back of the net. I think Dennis had a chance as well. Second half, Dennis had, had. I think he was, you know, he found himself in some space, edge of the box, and, you know, he should be hitting the target. So, I think Watford, if, you know, on our day, if we was going to be a bit more clinical, um, yes, you know, we, we could have scored three, four, five goals. Obviously, you know, if, if that was every week, Watford would be a Champions League team and, and not a relegation threatened team. And that's ultimately why, why we're in the position we're in, but... But yeah, you know, I, I, I really enjoyed watching the game, you know, apart from obviously the, the ridiculous 10 minutes added time that, that the referee found out of nowhere. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was, I thought it was a good game to watch end to end. Um, you know, I thought Southampton, you know, looked looked a little on the beach. Um, they've not really got anything to play for this season. They're not challenging for Europe. They're not, you know, battling against relegation. They're just sitting in that mid-table area, very comfortable. Um and actually, you know, Watford played them at a good time, really. If that was Southampton, let's say, in September, October, you know, the game probably would have been more difficult. You've got to remember, we did lose to them at Vicarage Road as well, and we did struggle against them that day. So I do think also Southampton, you know, being quite comfortable in the league, you know, play, played its part. Um, but, you know, that doesn't take any, anything away from the Watford performance because we thoroughly deserved to win, in my opinion. Um, and, yeah, just, as I said, very, very happy. Yeah, back-to-back defeats for Southampton at home. They obviously lost to Newcastle midweek, 2-1, wasn't it? Um, so I think they were going into the game maybe struggling for a bit of form and maybe Watford turned up and maybe maybe they went in there with not much respect for Watford thinking, we'll just turn up. It's Watford, we're in the bottom three. We beat them at Vicarage Road this season. We just need to turn up and and take our chances and, and we'll win. But Watford, they, they weren't lying down. Watford really... Like I was saying to you before we started recording, I felt like Watford smelt blood just after that chance from Jal Pedro. When Jal Pedro found that space in the box and his shot was blocked, it felt like Watford just smelt belief and they, they knew they could get out Southampton after that and they, they knew that they could create opportunities and trouble them. And it wasn't long after 
the Joe Pedro shot that Watford actually scored. It was Southampton doing the very best impression of Watford defending, wasn't it, James, basically? Um, mistakes at the back, um, under-hit passes. And then Joe, um, Joe Pedro originally, wasn't it? He, he was inches away from um, Forrester's um, kick out and he he couldn't get his studs onto it. I and mean, then he was lying on the floor. But um, yeah, I think it was Manuel Dennis carried on the press, didn't he? Putting Southampton under the pressure. And then the ball ended up going back to the goalkeeper, but it, it was under hit. And there was Hernandez. And I've never seen him move so quick. You know he's quick, but he was lightning to get on the end of that. At first, when I saw it, James, I, I thought, he's either going to get clattered here and we'll win a penalty. Uh, but I was not expecting him to score from that angle because he, he took it quite wide, didn't he? But he finished it superbly. What what a finish from um, Cucho yeah, Hernandez. It was a really good finish, actually. And actually, on on the phrase of Forster, quickly, I thought he did have a really, really poor game. Obviously, for, for the Hernandez goal, Forster should have, should have done much better. Um, and actually, for the second Hernandez goal on the volley, um, again, that was a, a Forster's near post. He, he should really be saving that. So I did think Forster had a bad game, but credit to Hernandez. You know, you mentioned João Pedro there, you know, falling to the floor in disbelief how, how he didn't get a touch on the ball. But Hernandez kept running, he kept at it. He won the ball, as you say, went really, really wide. And actually, the angle um, I thought would be too tight. I thought he might hit the side yeah. netting. I thought he might just blast it over the bar. Um, and on his weaker foot as well, I think that was Hernandez's weaker foot. He just, you know, he just caresses it into the into the back of the net, if you will. And I couldn't really believe it when, when it went in, actually. I thought, you know, I, I was delighted, obviously, but it was a very, you know, unexpected goal. Um, and I think, you know, that just sums up Southampton, as I mentioned earlier. You know, they're on the beach. They don't really... Um, have anything to play for and I think that defending showed really and you know Fraser Forster didn't really um, cover himself in much glory but delighted for Hernandez obviously he scored the the really poor own goal against Wolves midweek and I know a lot of fans were were quite annoyed about that me included Um, but what a couple of weeks he's had you know bicycle kick against Arsenal two goals against Southampton superb for Hernandez now or if you want to count his own goal four and three (laughs) <laughs> no, let's let's just stay um, with three and three then. But but yeah, you know, it's 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 fantastic by him, and you know, he's he kind of reminds me a little bit of like Delafeu, if you will. He just has that tenacity, that work rate. Um, yeah. He gets what the club's about as well. He's a very smiley guy. Um, you know, never ever seen him not work hard for the team. So for me personally, really happy that that he got that first goal, and that kind of you know set the tone for for the rest of the Watford performance really, and. And ultimately, that goal came from Watford, you know, playing, you know, a much higher press than we have in previous games. You know, it reminded me of um, Ranieri when we played the likes of Chelsea, City, where we did lose the games, but but the press on show was was fantastic. And I think we did show that against Southampton yesterday as well. I think um, going into this game, uh, we've spoken about it before, but Watford have really struggled to win games without Ismail Assar. But Kuka Hernandez has really stepped up since uh, his man Asar has been injured. He's really taken his his shirt off him, hasn't he? And he, it's it's going to be it's going to be difficult for Sar to come back into this side. Um, I I know how well he does perform, but he's a bit inconsistent sometimes. It's frustrating where he doesn't beat his man, but he does have that moment of brilliance where he's just like you just applaud him. And it's like that's the Sar we want, but we want him for ninety minutes. But Kuko Hernandez, he is. We've said about how he's been an impact sub, but he's starting to perform for 90 minutes, isn't he, James? And we're starting to see the benefits of him playing week in, week out because the performance levels and him off the ball as well, I must add, defensively, his work rate's brilliant as well. Yeah, we are starting to see him perform, you know, on a consistent basis over the full course of the match. And, you know, you mentioned it will be difficult for Ismail Assar to get back into the team. Um, I do think Ismail Assar is still a must start for Watford. I think that's evident for for everyone, you know, the talent he possesses. I I do think he is, you know, the most talented player in our squad at the moment. Um, However, you know, there is a lot of competition for places there. You've got Hernandez, Pedro, Dennis, um, you know, Cucho Hernandez as well. And, Joshua King, you know, when he's, when he's firing as well. So there's a lot of competition for places. There is only three spots. Um, yeah. And actually, on current form, Emmanuel Dennis is probably the person I'm... I he's make got his... one in ten. He's got one goal in ten games I saw the other day. Um, so stats-wise, it's not great, but he's our leading goal scorer as well. Would you go as far as maybe taking him out the the team when he's Malasar's fit? Well, it's I don't really want Difficult. to answer this. I don't want to answer this question in case I get absolutely slated <laughs> on a 
on Twitter. It's, it's a very difficult one. Um, you know, Emmanuel Dennis still offered a lot yesterday. I think with Dennis, he is getting in the right positions. It's just his decision making at times can be can be questionable. But he, you know, he set up the ball to Kuchka to put the cross in for Kucho's, you know, second goal. So he got a pre-assist, if you will. Um, if that counts, I don't know if it does. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I think Dennis still offers the Watford team lots. Um, you know, Kucho Hernandez obviously ha- had the finishing touch against Southampton, but I don't think it's going to be too long until Dennis starts scoring again. I think he has been unlucky in some instances against Wolves. He was poor, but a- as was everyone. Um, it's difficult. See, so he's just... a threat for Emmanuel Dennis, isn't he? Because every time he gets the ball, he just runs at the opposition's fullbacks, and he, he just he gets them thinking. And I, I think you need that in the side. I, I don't think he's going to be one to maybe drop out. I, I do think it's it's hard for Joshua King to maybe warrant a start after seeing how well like Joe Pedro did yesterday. How Joe Pedro would hold the ball up and link up well with the other players. So I think the one person who's going to struggle to keep his place at the moment is. Um, Joshua King, uh, maybe Kucho might come out the side if Ismail Asar's fit, but at least, like we say, we've, we've got people who are stepping up now, and Kucho's definitely taken the opportunity. Um, I, I did like how they linked up well yesterday, Kucho Hernandez and Joel Pedro. Rudy Clark Johnson's put a, a comment in the chat saying Kucho and um, Pedro were brilliant going forward yesterday, and I, I totally agree. I, I love how they carry the ball forward. Um, they they get get you up the pitch quickly, and that's what you need. Um, and another one from Gary Iron as well, saying I thought Kucha was um, very good, had a very good game, and that allowed loser to play better. James um, Kucha came uh, Kuka came back into the side um, in for Tom Cleverley. You noticed his presence straight away in that midfield, didn't you? And he, he was barging into challenges, and he was getting forward. What I liked about him, he was getting forward and he could have easily put what three new up just before Southampton scored. I think the, it was a really poor touch, wasn't it? Just before Forrester came out, which which allowed him to get close down the angles. But really impressive, considering he's not really started lately. I think his, maybe his last game he started was West Ham away. I can't really think when he started before that, but he's came back into a starting lineup. And was you impressed with him yesterday? Is he definitely ahead of Tom Cleverley now? Um, I wouldn't say he's ahead of Tom Cleverley. He's, he's very hit and miss. I don't want to go too overboard because his performance was very yeah. good. Um, you mentioned the the opportunity he had there where he nearly scored. He could have actually, um, I think he had an opportunity second half as well, edge of the box. It was curling into the top corner. Yeah. And I think Forster made a good save as well. Um it was very good and I was very impressed. Does he deserve to start every game from now until, until the end of the season? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think we you can maybe chop and change that position. You know, Kayembe still at the club, cleverly still here. I think a lot of people are forgetting about Peter Atebo as well, just coming back from injury. So there's a lot of option and there's a lot of options in the area, a lot of squad depth as, as with the attacking areas as well. So yes, it was a good performance. But actually, if I was Roy Hodgson, I'd look at it on a game-by-game basis you know, which player suits this game? Does Kuchka, you know, suit playing against Burnley? Does Atebo suit playing against Brentford? Yeah. Stuff like that. So I wouldn't necessarily say he has to start every game. Yes, the performance was great. But if I was Roy Hodgson, if I was managing Watford, um, you know, I'd, I'd probably look at it on, on a game-by-game basis rather than, you know, just saying, right, you're a must-start now. Great performance. Go out there. You know, you're 35 years old. Go out there and run your socks off every week. <laughs> I don't think it's going to work like that. Um but I think, you know, as I've said, we've got plenty of squad depth in the area. And, you know, I don't mind who plays really, as long as they work their asses off and, you know, and, and put in good performances. That, that's all I want as a Watford fan, really. So, so, yeah. Yeah, for me, I think he does edge it over Tom Cleverley at the moment. Um, only because last week I was saying all that Tom Cleverley does at the moment, he, he just runs around a lot and you need more from him. You need him to break up um, play. You need to make uh, get him to make challenges. And you need... For a midfielder, for me, you need to create opportunities. And we saw that with Kush, um, Kushka yesterday. He, he was getting stuck in and he, he delivered a fantastic assist um, for that ball into a box for Hernandez. And James, talk to me about that finish for Hernandez as well. It, he actually scored with his standing foot, wasn't it? Somehow he managed to like quickly manoeuvre his feet. And he just smashed that into the bottom of the corner. And it was it was a fantastic ball in the box, wasn't it? And I, 
I think we've seen this before with Kushko. I think he put a really good ball into a box away at Burnley and Jal Pedro had his head to save, but he does have the quality over the ball to get a good delivery in the box, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. And what I found funny was he, he, he basically he put that ball in, Hernandez scored, and then straight after Hernandez scored, he basically didn't even go and celebrate. He just went to the <laughs> I saw that. And he just tied, he t- he tied up his shoelaces. And I thought, are you not even <laughs> happy you got an assist and, and Kucho scored? But, but yeah, you know, what a what an absolutely beautiful ball that was. When that went in, you know, I thought, ah, oh, you know, that that is... You know, as an attacker, and Ben, I think you play you play striker for for your te- for, for your local team, and you know when someone puts a ball in like that, is it's it's what you want as an attacker. You know, easy to strike, as you say, yeah. Kucho had his standard foot on the floor. You know, oh, the, the finish was just I don't have the words for it really. It was just unbelievable. Yeah. It was Aguero esque, it was Messi esque, Ronaldo esque, whatever you want to say. Um, you, you know, say Aguero esque, mate. Did you see the comments of Ben Foster after the game? He's actually compared Hugo Hernandez to Aguero. He, he said he's a bit like a Sergio Aguero kind of player. And I, I love that. Maybe it's just the South American flair of him. Um, and the size of him, he's a small guy, isn't he? But he puts yeah. himself about in the, the I think, quality I think on his ball. Yeah, I think he's deceptively quick, actually, because he's got that low centre of gravity, um, a little mm. bit stocky, but not too stocky. Um, he's just, you know, he's, he's definitely becoming, you know, one of my favourite Watford players, Ben. I think there's there's probably some space on my bedroom wall for, for another signed photo. So if Kicho Hernandez is interested and he wants to send James a signed shirt, maybe that, that would be very nice. But, you know, going back to the finish, Ben, very important goal as well, because at that point he's, he's putting Watford 2-0 up and, you know, right in front of the away fans as well. You know, it's just a perfect day out, really. You know, sunny, Watford fans were there making loads of noise. Um, superb finish, Aguero-esque, whatever you want to say. Superb, great cross by Kuchka. What more can you ask for, really? I, I don't, I, 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 there's, there's not much more I can say, really. If you haven't seen the goal, go on YouTube, watch the goal, and you understand where I'm coming from. Just superb stuff from Watford. Um, and yeah, if only we could see that on a more regular basis, really. Well, we might be soon, mate, because who knows? He, he scored a fantastic goal against Arsenal the other week with a bicycle kit. He's just scored that fantastic volley um, away at St. Mary's Stadium. Is the goal of the season just going to be Hernandez, Hernandez, Hernandez? What are the options this year to pick from? Because he scored three fantastic goals. The opening day of the season, he scored that goal against Aston Villa where he curled it in. As it stands, James, what's your favourite goal of his this season? So for me, so unfortunately, I wasn't actually at that Aston Villa game. I was away on holiday um, in Devon, so I was, I was very unlucky in that sense. But I was at the Arsenal game, uh, and I think for me, the bicycle kick probably tops it. It depends, really. You know, there, there's plenty of games left in the season to go. You know, he could score a tap-in on the last day that keeps Watford in the Premier League, and, and that would probably be my favourite goal. Um, but as it stands currently, with, with the three goals you listed, it's got to be um, it's got to be that Arsenal goal. Yes, we lost the game, but but the quality there was was fantastic. You know, so so impressive. I had such a good view of it as well from from where I sit. Um, so yeah, I don't know if you agree, Ben, but for me, it's the Arsenal bicycle kick. It's a tough one. I, I loved his goal against Villa. Um, see, I, I didn't go to the Arsenal game. Um, because I weren't feeling great, so I stayed at home. So I actually went to the Villa game, and and to see how he bent that into the corner, and for us to go on to win the game, that that felt amazing. So I mean, you, you maybe, sit right behind that goal then as well. Yeah, so maybe I'm going to edge towards the Aston Villa um, goal for that one. But it'd be interesting to know what um, the people who are watching their thoughts. So if you think maybe the bicycle kick of Fernandez was better, or the the volley at, away at Southampton or the opening game of the season, do let us know. It'd be interesting to know your thoughts. Um, but it, all I will say about Hernandez, though, we've waited a long time, James, to see him at Watford, haven't we? He's been out online for a, a long time and we're finally getting to see the player that there was a lot of expect, expectation about Cucho um, Hernandez and it's just fantastic to see the rewards now, isn't it? The fans have been patient. Cucho's been patient, but now he's reaping the rewards and it's just fantastic to see. Um, so, yeah, Watford actually went in at half-time 2-1 up. Um, Southampton did score late into added on time with a goal at the four post uh, from James Ward-Paris free, uh, free kick. Um, silly fouls give away, which it would have been so rewarding for Watford to go in at 2-0 up at that, that point of the game. 
or even 3-0 if Kushka actually finished up the other end of the game. But second half, James, I thought Watford managed the game really well. I thought game management came in really well. I thought we was slowing down the play when we needed to, especially in added on time. Like It was seven minutes, but ended up being 10 minutes. Um, ben Foster almost took Brogia's eye out, didn't he? I mean, added on time as well. And Did you see that, mate? That was disgusting. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was disgusting. I mean, I don't know if we need to add a graphic detail warning onto the pod, but but yeah, you know, seeing seeing them images come through is, yeah, well, it wasn't very nice. That's probably why the referee um, added on more time actually, because I think that happened just into um, the added time, didn't it? So the referee obviously yeah. obviously added that on, but but yeah, to be honest, I think I think Ralph Hassan to actually after the game, you know, accused Watford of you know time wasting tactics, and you know we we saw Arsenal actually at Vicarage Road time waste quite a lot, you know, Kieran Tierney, especially, I think everyone's seen that clip. Um, but, you know, when it's you doing it as the winning team, you can understand, yeah. you can understand why they do it because the three points in for Watford in, in this case is, is vital. And ultimately as a player, as a manager, you want to do whatever you can um, within reason <laughs> to, to get them three points. And if time wasting, you know, in, in the last few minutes is, is necessary, I don't, I don't have a problem with it if it's Watford, whereas obviously if it's the opposition, as fans, we, we get very frustrated. But, but yeah, in, in this instance, as Ben said, I think we managed the game very well. Yes, Southampton had a couple of chances, a couple of silly fouls by Dennis on the edge of our area. You know, James Ward-Prowse having that free kick going just um, just over the bar. It was it was dipping, but but thankfully, you know, that we, we rode our luck on the day. And actually, Ben, I don't know if he was going to come on to this, but Southampton did have a penalty call um, the ball yeah. coming off. It did clearly, you know, strike Cabasele's hand. For me, you know, in in the current rules and, and where the game is at the moment, I wouldn't have been surprised if it was given. Um, but I do think, Ben, you know, Watford do deserve a bit of luck. And I think we got, we got our luck in that instance because, yes, it did strike his hand. He, he didn't deliberately stick his hand out. He didn't do it deliberately. He was just jumping in the air. You know, if you've played football before, as you jump, you know, your arm, you use your arms to get off the ground and they do flail about a little bit. And that's what happened to Capicelli. So I think for me, Ben, I don't know about you, I'd say it wasn't a penalty, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was given because I've seen plenty of them given this season. Uh, yes. Um, for me, I didn't think it was a penalty, but that's because I'm a Watford fan. Um, if that happened to sell, if that happened the other way around, uh, yeah. Um, I, I do think if Watford were playing a bigger side like a Chelsea, Manchester United, and Liverpool, that kind of decision would be given in the favour of the opposition. Because I do think VAR decisions do favour the bigger teams. And because it was Southampton, it's not a massive club. And they probably felt, I can't really give that. But I do think Cabaselli was a little bit silly. I know, James, you're saying about when you jump, you do have your arms in the air. But for me, Cabaselli was kind of turning his back on it. So we didn't really know where his hands were. Um, so that's what I would say about Cabaselli. But I'm not going to be too critical on him because he had a superb performance yesterday, James, didn't he? Um, his first start for a very long time. I think he actually started. Did he start the game against Norwich City um, where we lost 3-0? Did he I can't remember. Plan? My memory's not that good, Ben. And I'm a young guy, but yeah, my, me- yeah. my, me- my memory's not that good. But I, I think but actually yeah, that was it, his, you know, on the subject of Cabaselli, I think that was his 100th Premier League appearance yes. for Watford. So obviously, congratulations to him for that. And I thought he was really good. I mean, he is getting on a bit now. I think he's, you know, 31 years old, Cabaselli. But I thought the pace he showed at times yesterday, some of the recovery yeah. runs he made, some of the tackles. The recovery run on Brogio was brilliant, wasn't it? Brogio looked like he had a yard on him. Cabaselli just, that pace, I don't know where that came from, but he, he managed to get past him and he out-muscled him as well, didn't he? And managed to get the ball away. And that was that was fantastic to see because Watford have that pace in that back line sometimes. And at the start of the season anyway, not so much now. We've got Samir and Kamara along there, but it's refreshing to see Cabricelli coming out from the cold and actually perform to really high standard. Yeah, it was really good. And I think for me, the question now is, you know, who, if you are to play Cabricelli more consistently, who drops out of the back line? You've got Samir, who's come in and done relatively well, I'd say. Cathcart has been a consistent performer this season. The back four as a whole have conceded a lot of goals, um, even though, you know, we, we sit here and say they played well at times. So, you know, who drops out for me? Obviously, Cathcart dropped out yesterday. 
I wouldn't be opposed to, to Cabaselli playing more games instead of Craig Cathcart, potentially. So I think for me, there's definitely um, a shout to be had there. And whether Roy Hodgson, you know, can trust Cabaselli, because we all know, you know, he does have a mistake in him. If that, yeah. penalty, if that penalty was given, Ben, we'd, we'd be having a different conversation here today. It could um, only happen to Cabaselli, couldn't it, if it was given? <laughs> no, I think, I think with him, he's, just, he's, he's a very clumsy player, isn't he? He's very lanky, very clumsy. Um, but it was, you know, overall, you know, ex- apart from that penalty shout, it was a very good performance from him. Um, and yeah, you know, as I said, I wouldn't be opposed if he played a few more games this season. Would you start him at Liverpool away? Only because you just said about how, how he can be clumsy. You know how Liverpool like to run at you at speed and keep the ball close to their feet and run past you. Do you think Cavaselli's the kind of player you might want to play in that game or would you want to stick to a tried and trusted of Crave Cathcart even though you might you you'd lose a pace, wouldn't you, if you play uh, Crave Cathcart? Uh um it's difficult, isn't it? It's difficult. Or neither you go truth equal. <laughs> no. I think I think with Liverpool, whoever you put in the back line, um it's gonna be very difficult. <laughs> You know, watching Salah at Vicarage Road this season, but I don't know if he was at the game, but Salah, um, for me, was was the best player I've seen at Vicarage Road this season. He was just absolutely, he was phenomenal to watch, actually. Really, really good. Um, and whether you've got Cabaselli in there, Cathcart in there, Sirielta in there, um, you're going to struggle. You know, even a top team struggle. The Man Cities, the Tottenham's, the Chelsea's, they all struggle, you know, against Liverpool's front three as well. So actually, I'm not actually even going to answer your question because I think it's, Completely irrelevant. Whoever you chuck in there, they're going to struggle. Um, but I think Cabasele is definitely improbable. I mean, he's obviously more suited to play in you know lower sides in the league. But, but yeah, actually, Ben, in this is in, in this instance, um, yeah, I refuse to I refuse to answer your question on that one. <laughs> All right, I'll answer it. I, I think I prefer Craig Cathcart against Liverpool. Um, I could just see uh, Cabasele giving away a penalty, or yeah, but. I do like Cabaselli. I like what he brings to Watford. Um, maybe after the Liverpool game, I'd like to see Cabaselli maybe come back in. Um, but for Liverpool away, I, I would want Craig Cathcart back in. Um, but yeah, like you say, James, that VAR went in our favour for once this time round. And Watford just kept the ball up the other end of the pitch in those final few minutes, didn't they? It was a kept it in the went out for a corner. We kept it in the of the corner. Actually, I did think when Josh King came on, um, James, I did think um, Joshua King did make a good impact off the bench and he, he looked like he held the ball up well. He was he was running into a part of the box as well. Um, that's, that's a kind of freshness that you need, isn't it? And he performed to a quite a high level when he came on. It's what we needed. He kept the ball in the corner and do you think that that was the right substitution to make with um, Josh King coming on? Because he did do well. He did do well. But again, like with Kuchka, I'm not going to go too overboard because Joshua King was obviously very clearly given a specific job to do. And that was to try and help the team not to concede another goal. And, you know, using his hold up playing strength to do that. I think he's played really well as almost a target man, if you will, this season. Not like Troy Deeney, where he'd head it on constantly and, you know, try and beat the defender. But I think his overall hold-up play, especially with his feet, is is really, really good. And, yeah, it was, it was a good performance by Josh King. I think he was on for, you know, 15, 20 minutes. And, yes, it was it was very good. Was it enough to start the next game? No. Um, I still want more from him. I want more goals. Ultimately, from my striker, I want much more goal contributions than, than Josh King has offered this season. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it, it was really good and, you know, hopefully it continues like that. And actually, you know, Cucho Hernandez was an impact sub and, and now he's starting more games. Joshua King was starting lots of games and now he's almost becoming that impact sub. And I don't really see a problem with that. If that's his role until the end of the season and if he can help Watford play in that way, um, you know, I'm more than happy to see Josh King come off the bench and, and make an impact like he did against Southampton. Maybe that's what he needs as well because he, he, his spot was kind of guaranteed, wasn't it, under Claudio Ranieri and Cisco and Roy Hodgson. But lately, performances hasn't been great. He, he has picked up a knock, which has seen him um, come out of the starting lineup as well. He came off against Wolves because of a knock as well. But when he has got into the areas, he hasn't looked like scoring lately. Um, so maybe a time on the bench might actually help him a little bit to push himself a little bit more and 
like we said, he did have a bit of an impact off the bench yesterday. So maybe we, we might see that from Joshua King in the next couple of games before he actually gets a start again. But yeah, Watford ran out 2-1 winners away at Southampton. A fantastic victory. Um, we are level on points with Everton now. Everton do have a better goal difference than Watford and they do have games in hand. But Everton... They've got to win those games and they are really struggling at the moment. Um, Watford don't have a game for three weeks now. We were due to play Everton next weekend, but obviously they got through to the next round of the FA Cup after beating Bourne Wood. Um, so our, our fixture has been rearranged for... I'm not sure if they've rearranged it just yet, James, have they? But um, it will be later on in the season. It will probably be a midweek game, maybe. Um but yes, and then it's international week, isn't it, James? I think yeah. um, it's not my birthday is the 28th of March and it's always around that week where there's always international friendlies and that. And I think I've seen that Emmanuel Dennis has been called up for Nigeria. He's actually going to go travel and play for them this time. Um, they've put in their request early enough for Watford to accept it. Uh, <laughs> so he's going to fly over there and play for Nigeria. I think they're playing their doubleheader against Ghana. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he gets on and see if he actually plays and features. But um, yeah, three weeks until we play Liverpool now. And we won't do a, a preview of the Liverpool game because it is so far away. Maybe we'll we'll do one a couple of days beforehand. But um, just quickly, James. Um, yes. One one question before we go, I'll ask you, um, who, who do you think is going to finish 17th in the Premier League? And how many points will they get this season? Because if I'm honest, it's going to be a low total this season to stay in the Premier League. Okay, so who's going to finish 17th? I've just got the Premier League table up in front of me now. And really, looking at it, Brentford are out of the equation for me. I think if Brentford win one more game, they are pretty much safe. Um, (coughs) For me, it's between Leeds, Everton, Watford and Burnley. Who finishes 17th? You know, as a biased Watford fan, I am going to go out there and say Watford because, as Ben said earlier, yes, you know, fantastic for Everton. Woohoo, they have the games in hand. Um, but they do actually have to go and win them. And that is something they've not been able to do this season. And actually, um, you know, they've got such tough fixtures coming up. Yes, obviously, we're going to play them at some point at Vicarage Road. But I think they've got to play, you know, four or five of, of the top six, you know, coming up in, in the next few games. So Everton, it's not getting yeah. any easier for them. Leeds... So their fixtures coming up quickly, James, just sorry yeah. to butt in quickly, but Thursday night, they're actually at home to Newcastle and you know the runner from Newcastle are on at the moment and that's at Goodson Park. And then after that, they've got West Ham away, Manchester United at home, um, Liverpool away, Chelsea at home, Leicester away, Brentford at home, and then Arsenal away at last game of the season. Obviously, we've got to play them as well once it's been rearranged as well. But that's a terrible run of fixtures, isn't it? Especially when you're down at the bottom and their results have been really poor lately, Everton. And I don't really... Maybe we could stay up. Am I I being silly to think that, James? But looking at that, I just think if we pick up some results away from home and with win three out of four at home, I think we can we can stay up. I I absolutely agree, and you know we are on the same point as Everton at the moment. So if we are going to go out there and presume, let's say you know they might win one game in hand, they've got three games in hand on us. Let's say they're going to win one of them, they will only still be three points ahead of us. So basically, if we get four more points in Everton between now and the end of the season. We're essentially safe. And, you know, if, if it stays as it is and they lose the rest of the games in hand, all Watford have to do, essentially, is beat Everton at Vicarage Road um, and we're well on our way to being safe. And, you know, there's lots of hypothetical situations going on here. You know, they could go on and, and win their three games in hand, which could happen. You know, we, we never know what's going to happen in football. I'd like to think that that wouldn't happen. Um, but, you know, suddenly, after getting that win at Southampton, you know, the possibility of Watford staying in the Premier League has, has gone up drastically, in my opinion. And, you know, as Ben read out the, the fixtures there, um, they're, they're absolutely awful. If, if that was Watford, I'd, I'd be really, really concerned. And, 
you know, listening to, you know, how angry their fans are at Goodison Park and, you know, the, the way they're reacting towards the players, there's there's literally no connection. Like what for the times this season, I don't think the Everton fans really feel a connection with, with their team at the moment. And that's obviously a good thing, you know, for, for Watford going forward. So, so yeah, in answer to your question, Ben, you know, at the moment, coming off the back of that win and, and feeling positive, I think Watford can can very easily stay up. And, you know, Burnley, you know, Burnley you have to mention as well because, you know, they're always going to be a threat down there. Sean Dyche, you know, always manages some of his some of his magic and, you know, he's kept Burnley in the Premier League for, for a very long time now on a limited budget. But I do think we have the attacking talent um, to score enough goals to keep us in it. So for me, Watford um, are going to be the team that finishes 17th this season. I hope so, mate. All that I'll say is I'm absolutely gutted that our game's been rearranged with Everton because it's the right time to play Everton at the moment. Um, us just picking up a victory away at Southampton, Everton going in with terrible run of form, but yet they're playing an FA Cup quarterfinal against Palace, which they're not going to win the FA Cup. So it's a bit of a pointless game for them, really, when really we could have played them and got this game out of the way with, but what a game this is going to be. Watford against Everton. It could be a relegation decider. Um, I think that's where you're going, James, really. like Whoever wins that, basically, will have confidence going into the rest of the games and you'll get the advantage, especially with the teams both on level points. Whoever wins that game will be three points above the other teams and you're basically saying, see you later. Um, But yeah, it'd be interesting to see when that rearranged game is. Hopefully, I want it pretty soon. I, I don't want it to be towards the end of the season, just in case Everton do pick up a bit of form. But you'd want them to come to Vicarage Road pretty soon. But maybe not after the Liverpool game, because we might take a bit of a hiding at Liverpool. But you never know. I thought we was going to concede two or three at Old Trafford and we got a clean sheet. So never say never. Um, but yeah, that's it for me and James this week, everyone. Um, thank you for everyone who's been watching on YouTube. Don't forget to hit the like button and subscribe. Tell your friends about the voices of Vic. Um, tell them that you can listen to them on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and all the other platforms available. Um, but yeah, thank you very much for listening. Me and James will be back to probably do a preview of the Liverpool game. Um, hopefully we'll get Mike involved as well and he can come along as well. Um, be good to get him back on. But yeah. See you soon, guys. Safe, safe. And come on, you ones. Sports Social Podcast Network.